Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Hello! And today we're joined by our friend, Ramona. Hey! Today we're talking about eighth grade and awkward teen years. So, spoiler alert for eighth grade. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. So, Ramona, do you think you give us a little uh, synopsis of 8th grade? Sure. So, 8th grade was basically just a story following Kayla, who is in the last her last week of 8th grade, and just kind of following her through the events that happened before her uh, summer before high school. Uh, I was a huge, huge fan of the movie. I loved it, everything about it. It was very, very simple, but at the same time, it just, it, it striked me very, very much. Yeah, I completely agree. It was very realistic, I would say. Mm -hmm. I felt connected in a lot of scenes, and it was slow-paced, but purposefully. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Yeah, even though it was slow-paced, it, like, took you a lot of places, and you got to see a lot of different things where, you know, I think most people watching this would be like, oh my god, I remember being like that. That's horrible. Like, I really relate to what's happening. <laughs> yeah, and throughout the movie, like, I laughed, I cringed, I cried, and it, it helped me feel all of these emotions. I read this tweet once, I think, like, a week ago, that was like, shows and movies and songs and poems don't make you cry, they let you cry. And I was like, oh, that's, I love that. Yeah. Like, art lets you feel emotion. It doesn't make you feel emotion. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that phrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie opens with Kayla making a YouTube video, and we learn that she has a YouTube vlog where she gives basically self-help advice, and I thought that was a very interesting, I guess, take on what kids nowadays do now that they have all these different, um, social media outlets. Yeah, it, it was used as a narrative device, um, but also... I see it as, like, realistic to what kids are doing nowadays. Um, Ramona, you mentioned, like, almost using it like a diary. Yeah. Um, I think also another thing about this movie at its core, it's just, it's a coming-of-age story. Um, and I feel like in a lot of those kinds of movies, especially when it's centered around a girl, it's kind of, like, from the perspective of her diary. And now um, kids are kind of using social media as their diaries. A big takeaway I took away from this movie was the difference between how our generation uses social media and how this new generation uses it because it's so prominent in their like really formative years, like of being a preteen, being a teenager, and we kind of got it more like when we were teens. So it was very different. But um, the big thing I noticed was I really liked that it opened up at, for her YouTube channel how she kind of half used it as like her diary but also like of her ideal self and I feel like that's a really big reflection of how kids or how just people in general use social media we kind of vent on it but also we at the same time are trying to portray um an ideal self yeah I feel like just growing up must be so much harder in that in terms of that when everything is out there yeah she um goes on Instagram and we kind of see like a montage later in the movie and She's commenting and liking all these pictures, but you've been told she's kind of a loner and doesn't really have any friends. So it must be very confusing for mm -hmm. kids to feel alone, but also like never be alone because they have all these friends and followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember, I think we were in high school when Instagram really first came out. And you start by like, you're like, oh, I'm going to follow my friends. And then like people maybe you went to high school with. And then now it's like, oh, people I work with or things like that. And yeah. now it's kids. It's just like you probably interact with people online, but may never interact with them on per in person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I am reminded of the post that like different forms of social media are the seven deadly sins. And they <laughs> mm -hmm. focus like Instagram is um, pride, I think mm -hmm. it was. And there was a scene in the movie where this girl's mom was trying to get Kayla invited to a party and was like, just Facebook her. And the girl, um, Kennedy, was like, we don't use Facebook anymore, <laughs> mom. And I, I already feel that way where while I'm on Facebook, the older generation uses it differently than our generation. Mm -hmm. And now I'm discovering, oh, the generation below us doesn't even use Facebook. Yeah. I haven't used it since high school. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My friend... 
had a, a birthday party, a surprise birthday party, and her mom posted, like, we threw a surprise party for her. And all of the comments were from adults, like, 40s, 50s, I guess, saying, like, happy birthday to this friend rather than, like, going to her wall and wishing her a happy birthday. Mm. And I thought that was an interesting distinction that I observed. Like, they just click it. Oh, that's the information. Let me comment immediately rather than finding where you're actually supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the um, invitation to the pool party, that's kind of what happens next. So right before that, she gets her eighth grade superlative for most quiet, and she is devastated. (laughs) Um, She's very unhappy with that. She tries to congratulate someone who won, like, prettiest or best smile or something like that, and they just completely ignore her. And she gets a time capsule that she made in sixth grade, and she's kind of looking at it like, I don't know, how would you guys describe the way she's, like, looking at all this time capsule stuff? Bittersweet. I think, like, she liked kind of looking through it and being like, oh, like, cute. But then also being like, oh, like, I was, I had such different thoughts of what this year was going to be like for me. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm at the end of it, I, like, don't know how to feel. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of nostalgia of the simplicity pre-puberty type of thing where Mm -hmm. you like what you like and that's all that matters whereas now that she's in her last week of eighth grade what she likes is less important to what people perceive her as yeah so she's looking through the box of like oh yeah i remember liking adventure time and harry potter and all of this but that doesn't really matter if it's not going to make me friends and like Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah she's looking very Forlordingly, I don't know if I said that correctly, but um, at this like SpongeBob figurine that we later find out is a thumb drive with a video that she made. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so then after the time capsule, she's walking to get picked up or walking to her bus, and Kennedy, the popular girl, and her mom stop her and are like, "Hey, like you're uh, this person's daughter, right? Oh, he's so great. He did such a good job at the fundraiser." What are you doing tomorrow? We're having a pool party for Kennedy's birthday. You should come. And Kennedy does not try to hide mm-hmm. how badly she doesn't want Kayla to mm-hmm. go. And and Kayla obviously sees it and tries to be gentle with the mother. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a burden. And like it made me so uncomfortable where she's trying to be polite to the mom, but acknowledge like Kennedy doesn't really want me to go. And mm-hmm. was like, um, I mean, we'll see. I don't really know. But, I mean, maybe. And Kennedy's just, like, rolling her eyes. And I'm cringing the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also sends her that, um, I guess, an invite Instagram. on Instagram. Where she's mm-hmm. like, hey, my mom wants you to go. So this is me inviting you. And I'm like, oh, that had to suck to, for her to get that message. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, like you said, Alex, it's like a burden. Because it's like, oh, I know I'm not invited. Mm -hmm. Now I have to think of an excuse to not go (laughs) because I'm unpopular. Uh, And it brings us to the next uh, YouTube video that she makes where we see, again, her using it as a diary but also promoting her ideal self and what she wants to become. So she basically... What I perceive from the movie is she's giving herself advice throughout the Mm -hmm. movie and she's using uh, the YouTube channel as an outlet of this is who I want to be. So this is what I'm going to claim everyone else should do. And then I start doing it. And I liked the use of it just as a as while she's giving or while while she's recording, they cut to her going to the party. Mm -hmm. And so it's a nice overlap. Yeah, I really love the overlap of her walking to the house and you're hearing basically the advice she's giving herself. But I do think it's interesting, even with this ideal self, she it is on YouTube and she's still kind of like considering an audience. I think that's also a big reason she kind of puts her ideal self. Um, the clip says, um, one time my dad made me invite this really lame girl to my party But then it turned out that she was, like, really cool and I should have given her a chance. Mm -hmm. So she's giving herself advice and kind of like, hey, this is the best case scenario. But I'm wondering if maybe it was like, hey, maybe Kennedy will watch this video and, like, think, hey, I should give Kayla a chance. You know, like, maybe she turns out to be cool. Mm -hmm. 
See, I was a big thing with the YouTube videos. I was wondering who's watching them. I don't think she. I think she was kind of using it more for her. I think she yeah. knew no one was really watching it. Well, we so find I, out later someone was watching it. <laughs> but I do. I disagree with your point of like maybe she put it up thinking maybe Kendall would see it because I don't think she. I think she put it up knowing that no one else would see it. I feel like if she found out that like Kennedy or other people at school saw it, she'd be embarrassed because she she knows that they know she's not that person. Hmm. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's. Again, very conflicting because <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, then why put it on social media? Yeah. And Maybe I not. get why, like, that's different for people. I think that's... Maybe not Kennedy specifically sees it, but I do think she is considering, you know, maybe people will see it and... Like you said before, you know, you, you'll interact with people on social media you'll never necessarily meet. So maybe she's like, oh, someone will watch this video and think I'm the cool girl. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think it was, she wanted anyone from, like, her school to see it. I think it was mostly for, like, a wider audience, and I think mm -hmm. that's another thing where I feel like, um, kids around that age group now don't fully understand all the implications of social media. Like, for us, it's like, well, yeah, you put it out there, it could be so easy for someone from your school to see it, mm -hmm. but first, but that's because it came out such a different time for us. We had a different sense of awareness. Kids now just grow up with it. I don't think they really understand all the implications. So I feel like for us, it's common sense. We're like, yeah, someone from your school could see it. But for her, it would be devastating. And she'd be like, but no, they weren't supposed yeah. to see that. Yeah. There's and I know, like, every day I go on my memories on Facebook. And I'm like, oh. And I delete them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, like, I was experiencing it as well. I post it. And I think in the moment, like, it'll disappear or even like it doesn't matter if people see it but mm -hmm. i'm seeing it today and i'm like oh yeah that would matter if someone saw that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm -hmm. so um uh, moving on into the party um a quick side note that it was a really cringy moment so when kennedy's mom opens the door she goes oh kayla where's your dad and like starts looking around for him and it's like oh no she just wanted to have her dad at the house she didn't care about kayla at all <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty upsetting for me as yeah. well, but also, I laughed out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if, like, maybe even Kayla picked up on that, or, like, her mom just wants me to go because she likes my dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she gets into the pool party, um, and it's, like, a is it, like, one shot? Yeah, almost like a panoramic. Yeah. Um, and Alex, you brought up a really good point of her, like, walking from the house, finally getting into the pool, um, about how she's perceiving that, like, everyone's looking at her. Yeah. Oh, so, um, that a lot of scenes in this movie are in one take, which I was really appreciative of. I'm always a big fan of that type of filming where scenes happen and they don't change perspective. They just let it sit there. Um, it happens during a dinner with her and her father. That's really awkward and fun. And it happened during the pool party scene where the camera pans to her and sort of zooms in and then pans to the all of the people at the party and then pans back to her. And I imagine it where Kayla feels the camera on her as if that's what everyone else was looking at. And but when the camera pans, you see that everyone is doing their own thing and being friendly with everyone else. And they honestly don't even notice her, which might even be worse if Kayla knew that. But um, Ramona reminded me of this concept of perceived audience that we experience in adolescence. And it's really difficult to relate to a teenager unless you remember that, because mm -hmm you can dismiss anything a teenager says by saying, oh, well, no one will even care. And that was not going to help that teenager in the slightest. Yeah, and, like, the develop developmental reasonings for that is, like, speaks so much more to how much of a transition period, like, the ages of, like, 12 to, like, 14 are. It's because, like, when you're younger, you kind of think the world revolves around you, not in, like, a jerk kind of sense, but just, like, you're... Egocentric. You're, yeah, you're egocentric, where you're like, oh, my parents are doing things for me everyone is focused on me because that's kind of what it is when you're mm -hmm. really young and then through early childhood you get a little bit out of that but right when you're at like 12 13 14 is when it's like the like apex of that where you're not quite a teenager and you real you can abstract think more where you start to you grow more empathy where you can see how other people are feeling but what Kayla's going through is she's still on that child egocentric view where she's like everyone's focused on me but still 
trying to figure out who she is and that gives her anxiety about people still focusing on her when in reality they're really not. Yeah, and it's a reason why kids, when they're watching TV, they can stand right in front of the TV and don't realize that other people can't mm -hmm. see the TV mm -hmm. if they're standing right in front of it. And then from that perspective, now you're expanding on other people have their own lives and their opinions of me. So yeah. it's still it's <laughs> mm -hmm. still egocentric, but now you're slowly discovering that people have their own lives. Mm -hmm. And one thing Ramona and I talked about is how she's the only girl in like a one piece. Mm -hmm. So I think that is sort of the trigger of like, oh God, everyone's gonna really judge me. Mm -hmm. Aside from, you know, like I'm like I'm not friends with anyone here, this, that, and the other thing, but she's kinda like, oh, all these girls um, wear two-piece bathing suits and I've been still in a one-piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I myself really related to that because I was heavier as a kid and I never wore two-piece two bathing suits. And so when I would go to pool parties and stuff, I, that was me. Like, I was walking around very, like, insecure, like, with my arms crossed in front of me like that. So I was like, oh my god, I know exactly how she's feeling and Man. it sucks. <laughs> I only wear a one-piece, too. I wear those old-timey cloth bathing suits with the stripes and a straw hat and I don't go in the water I just walk around um one great part about the pool party other than the fact that it's really cringeworthy is that we get to meet Gabe oh my god Gabe, Gabe. Gabe deserves his own spin-off movie yeah. where we just follow him around <laughs> he Honestly. he is in that stage of adolescence where he has not acknowledged that everyone will have an opinion of you. Um, I don't know if, he, if he's just going to skip that stage altogether, but he's at a point in his life where he's doing things for himself. And yeah. that Kayla, you can see, admires that, but also is confused as to why he's still in that stage. Mm -hmm. And is like, aren't you afraid? Like, aren't you worried that people are going to judge you? Uh, but he's not, and it's great. Yeah, he, at one point, um, is, like, kind of talking your ear off, and then he just randomly goes, do you want to have a um, breath-holding contest? And <laughs> Kayla's like, um, okay, yeah. And I thought that was a fun little moment of, like, she is still a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, so she, if someone offered that, she'd probably be a little, like, but we're at, like, a cool kid party. Like, that's what little kids do. But she's still also like, hell yeah, I want to have a breath-holding contest. <laughs> I, I With Gabe, too, and I said this to Joan, we saw, I think that he might be on the spectrum, because mm -hmm. I picked up little things where, like, when he was talking to her, he never, he doesn't really look anyone in the eye. Right. He doesn't give mm -hmm. anyone eye contact. Um, I work with a lot of people on the spectrum. One person I work with has Asperger's, and just the manner, mannerisms and, like, their hand movements and everything, like, mirrored a lot what Gabe was doing. So, for mm -hmm. me, I was like, I think Gabe was on the spectrum. But I like how they never said that. They just had that be part of who he is. But right. not all of who he is. It was just yeah. part of him. And I think that's why he's in that stage. Because, you know, being on the spectrum, you just don't pick up on social cues. So I think it's just that he doesn't he doesn't have that thing Kayla does where it's like, everyone's looking at me. He doesn't feel that way. And I feel like even if he did, he probably wouldn't care. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't get the social implications of that. He's like, well, why should I care if everyone thinks what I'm doing is weird? I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, and that's all he really cares about at that point. But, um, and I think Kayla, like, learns from that a lot, where she's like, oh, he doesn't, he just does his own thing, and if people don't like it, it's whatever, it doesn't really phase him, so. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> we'll definitely talk about Gabe later um, <laughs> in the very heartwarming scene, um, but I did want to move on quick to the end of the pool party. So Kayla um, calls her dad and, like, begs him to come pick her up. And he's like, well, is the party over? And she's like, I don't know. It's just over. I'm here by myself. Just please come pick me up. But meanwhile, the, the party's just going on in a different room. Um, and But eventually the YouTube video starts um, picking up again. You hear her talk about, like, just fake it till you make it. Like, pretend that you have confidence, and eventually you'll have confidence. And she goes up into the room and sings karaoke in front of everybody. And it's this kind of empowering moment of like, oh, like she's kind of, you know, getting it. Maybe she did learn something from Gabe and mm -hmm. was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it definitely reminded me of that TED talk of this woman talking about being in the workforce and getting into college and all of the obstacles that she had to go through 
while being insecure and she came up with rather than fake it till you make it it's fake it till you become it mm. and like through her experience and data that she's collected if you do it enough you will actually become confident in it mm -hmm. and which also reminds me of this scrubs episode where <laughs> elliot pretends to be an expert in a subject but really she's cheating she has a bunch of charts everywhere that she <laughs> looks for and eventually she accidentally becomes an expert because <laughs> she keeps faking it you mean studying helps you learn stuff? <laughs> Slow down. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you that. You're wrong. So, unfortunately, her new confidence kind of leads to a bad situation. So, first off, um, after this scene, it hard cuts to a man walking through the school with a gun. And I almost, like, shit my pants. <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, what kind of movie is 8th grade gonna be? But they're doing an active shooter drill. Again, very kind of like, oh, wow, this is what kids today have to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but so Kayla finds out that Aiden is recently single. And she um, makes is, her move. Makes her mm -hmm. move because, you know, she's a new woman. And yeah, in a very, very, very cringy in way. In a very eighth grade way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Kayla, during the active shooter... Um, drill crawls over to Aiden uh, and sort of tries flirting with her and the only thing that she knows about Aiden is that he's a horny eighth grade boy and specifically he broke up with his girlfriend because she wouldn't send him nudes yeah right and so that's her in <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she starts go playing on her phone while next to Aiden and is like, oh, sorry, that was so embarrassing when he, like, wasn't even acknowledging her at all. And he was just like, what? And she was like, yeah, I just accidentally opened my folder with all of my dirty pictures. And he immediately stops what he's doing, like, takes out his earbuds and is like, you have dirty pictures? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but they're only for my boyfriend. Full disclosure, I don't have a boyfriend, but they <laughs> would be for my boyfriend if I had one. Yeah. And then Aiden is like, do you do blowjobs? And <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> the whole scene is so uncomfortable. Uh, and I don't know how realistic that aspect is, but because the rest of the movie is so realistic, I can only yeah. imagine that mm -hmm. this continues to be spot on. And that's what makes me the most uncomfortable. Yeah, I think um, part of that is... Uh, in that a little, it it touches on like the kind of like sexual awakening that happens uh, around this age, and part of that I think is a, you realize all the differences between what that means for girls and boys of the same age, and I think another thing too is that um, Kayla doesn't really have a prominent mom figure or female figure in her life. She's raised by her dad, who they kind of allude in the movie. I think passed away her mom passed away when Kayla was like still a baby so I don't think she even has any memories of her mom mm -hmm. but what Kayla is kind of like portraying when she's like interacting with Aiden is that the very limited information or knowledge of what she has is like well for this boy to like me I that's what I have to do right and like luckily that that's as far as it goes for them because i was like oh i hope this doesn't turn out really bad for her but in the reality is like it that is realistic and that's how a lot what happens a lot to girls that age and it's really really sad because that's coming out of that thought of like um for you to get a guy you have to be the sexual being and unfortunately girls are getting that when they're 12 13 years old mm -hmm. so it's it's like funny like when you're watching it's like cringy but like me watching it being now in my 20s, but remembering what it was to be a girl in eighth grade, you're like, oh, God, like, that's so much more problematic than I thought it was, because right. now you know where it comes from. Yeah. And it just, it made me a little sad. And that sexual awakening does also transition into her Googling <laughs> how to give a blowjob. Yeah. So um, we were talking about, you know, how kids interact on social media, but they now have the entire internet <laughs> um, to figure out how to give blowjobs if they <laughs> want to. And um, so she Googles it, and then her dad basically catches her about to practice on, <laughs> on, a, a, banana. on a banana. And it's this, re it's this really, like, funny, relatable scene of the dad's like, I thought you hated bananas. No, 
No, no, I remember you yelled at me one time because I you said I always forget that you don't like bananas, so I wrote it down. And then she's like, okay, I'll I'll eat the banana, whatever. And then she like takes a bite and throws it at him and it's like, fine, I don't like bananas and like runs away. And you just see him left there like, what is going on? (laughs) What just happened? I had so much sympathy for the father. (laughs) He is such a patient man because he's looking at the scenario trying to figure out what he did wrong (laughs) because she at the end of the interaction is mad at him Mm -hmm. because he successfully remembered something (laughs) that she got mad at him before for forgetting so it's that perspective of god when when i need you to remember things you you don't and when i don't want you to remember things you do you're the worst yeah it's like ah (laughs) and it's him being like no context what did i do wrong but also from kayla's perspective it is his fault that is exactly how she's feeling i'm like god dad the one time i want you to forget something (laughs) she still finds a way to make it to blame him yeah and uh back to the dad he what a job he has raising a (laughs) a preteen girl by himself that's that has to be tough and then for kayla too like having all these feelings and um having this kind of awakening and you have you don't have a female figure where which that has to be so awkward like asking kinds of questions like that to your dad and then the dad not knowing how to you know how to deal with it so that must just be a really big old mess <laughs> i'm really glad that the dad didn't slowly discover what was actually happening yeah i did not want to see that scene yeah. i'm really glad that took the direction that it did instead Mm-hmm. Yeah, just structurally, I'm glad that the movie, like, had that quick little bit about it and then kind of moved on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, because, oh boy, I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, oh god. Um, but after all that stuff happens, Kayla um, shadows a high schooler and the whole 8th grade class gets paired with, um, I don't know if they specifically say, I think Olivia's in like 10th grade. Olivia's a junior, I A think. junior. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense. I think she can drive. But so Olivia is like super sweet and super cool and like takes her all through the high school, introduces her to her friends. And um, afterwards, you see Kayla is like very excited. It's like, oh, man, I have a friend like this girl genuinely enjoys hanging out with me. And so she decides to like text her and call her. And I was really nervous because I thought Olivia was going to be like, why are you calling me? We, mm-hmm. we hung out during the day. That was always supposed to happen. But she doesn't. Because she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Once again, Bo Burnham makes the conscious decision to not make like everything go wrong. Mm-hmm. And it still have like positive moments and things like that. I loved Kayla staring at Olivia during the shadowing. She oh, sees yeah. she sees Olivia like say hi to three or four different people, share yeah. an inside joke here and there, and Kayla's like in awe. Like mm-hmm. this is what friendships can look yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And also devastating, but also <laughs> like very adorable. Um and made me feel hopeful for her as well. Yeah, I think yeah. a big thing that she realized too is that um I feel like when you when where she's at, it's like I have to be that, that like, stereotypical, you know, popular girl, like what Kennedy is. But she was looking at Olivia, who knew all these people and was very social and very confident. And she wasn't, like, a typical, what you, what an eighth grader would perceive as, like, the typical popular girl. Mm-hmm. She just happened to have her own niche of friends, and she was confident and had a lot of friends. She seemed more like an artsy type to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I were to describe Olivia, it'd probably be theater kid. Yeah, and, like, I think that's what um, Kayla, like, was gravitated towards. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, so I don't have to be, like, that super ideal, and I could still have my own group of friends and be comfortable. And I think that's why she put more of an emphasis on, like, to be confident. Because I think that's really all Kayla really wanted in the end, was just to have self-confidence. Right, mm-hmm. and also this idea of you can be popular without being mean to people. Because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. definitely that perspective of the popular kids are generally mean to everyone else and it's still like oh i hate the popular kids but i wish i was the popular kids mm-hmm. whereas in high school the popular kids are just the ones who are friendly to everyone and the yeah. ones yeah. who have confidence mm-hmm. yeah and i think there's also just the thing of like wow this girl has so many friends and she still thinks that like she could hang out with me yeah. wow like i must be pretty cool too mm-hmm. 
Yeah. She even says that to Olivia. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't think I'm cool. And Olivia's like, uh, yeah, you're super cool. Mm -hmm. In fact, do you want to come hang out with us at the mall? Yeah. Olivia even tells her, she was like, you remind me of me when I was in, when I was your age. And she's like, don't worry. Like, it'll happen for you. I love that she told mm -hmm. her that. Because yeah. like, she understood exactly what she was going through. She's like, listen, I was there, but it gets better. You're going to get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so after their very heartwarming relieving phone conversation um kayla goes to the mall to meet olivia and her friends her dad drives her there and there's a cute little interaction of her just being i forget exactly what she says but it's very teenager of just like whatever dad like we're gonna hang out like i don't yeah. know like leave me alone um and so she uh ramona you talked about the food thing oh yeah she she meets um Olivia and her group of friends and they're sitting at a table at the food court and Olivia goes to Cal uh, Kayla and she's like, oh, like, are you hungry? Do you want to eat anything? And Kayla goes, oh, no, I'm not really hungry. I'm not going to eat anything. She goes, well, we were going to get food. She's like, oh, well, if you guys are going to get food, then I'll get food too. <laughs> and it's like one of, it's just like one of the many little moments in that movie that I think made it so, just so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy to relate to. Like if your eighth grade experience wasn't difficult per se, there were still plenty of parts of this movie that you can relate to because even if it wasn't difficult, you were still awkward. No matter yeah. what, going through adolescence is an awkward experience. Yeah. So whether or not you felt as lonely as Kayla doesn't mean that you won't connect with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, she, while she's watched, while she's with them at the mall, it's very similar to how she was at the high school. She's mm -hmm. kind of just watching them interact mm -hmm. and... They kind of they kind of start arguing because one of the guys there is like saying something dumb. He has like a uh, what they would say is like the wrong opinion, and they kind of start arguing. And they're like, "Look, you're making Kayla uncomfortable." And she's like, "No, I, I'm fine. Like, keep <laughs> keep me like here. Don't don't like leave me." Because <laughs> there's also still that confidence aspect of if they don't remember I'm here, then I'll get to stay longer. Yeah. Because if as soon as they get to know me, they might realize that they don't want to hang out with me. Mm -hmm. And so she's going to stay quiet for a long time so that she can experience it as much as she can before like she loses everything again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then one of her friends is like, guys, don't... Oh, so a uh, quick note, they're at the Palisades Mall, yeah, uh, which is a cool. multi-tiered mall. So there's like kind of floors that you can see into each other. And so one of her friends looks up at a floor above them and says, guys, don't look now. But there's this old dude that's been staring at us for like the past 15 minutes. And the audience gets like a, oh no, is this? And then Kayla turns around and it's her dad. <laughs> and he sees her see him and he like covers his face and walks away. <laughs> It was a great interaction. So going back to the banana scene, dad did not know what he did wrong. And mm -hmm. he's just struggling through like, how could I have possibly fixed that? Now in this scene, he knows exactly what yeah. he did wrong. He's like, oh, no. And he's like, I cannot repair this. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I know the problem, it's now too late. There's no coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and Kayla goes into a, a photo booth to like, be upset with her father he tries to talk to her but she won't respond and so he just leaves her twenty dollars and leaves <laughs> <laughs> and apologizes profusely for five minutes yeah. yeah and it's understandable but sad because he's like i'm i'll i'll just go hang out in the car like you text me when you're done and like i'll drive you home and she's like no just go home i'll, I'll get a ride home like i don't want you here anymore and he's like okay if that's how i fix yeah. this then I'll I'll leave. I kind of like envision how funny it would be if they cut to like him getting back in the car and like he has like a group chat with like other dads. He's like, guys, she saw me. And they're like, oh no, they're you like, weren't supposed to be seen. Like rookie move, man. You need, you need a trench coat and a fedora if you're gonna do that. Uh, I definitely find it just that aspect of he was there because he's protective of her mm -hmm. leaves and then something does go wrong. Yeah, and that hurts me so it much because so because she comes home and we're, I'll address the part before it but she comes home is super upset and leaves and her dad like looks and is like that could have been something maybe that I could have prevented mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I but I didn't because I left when she told me to but I should know better I'm the father like no yeah. matter what he's always going to blame himself for any hurt 
that she goes through, and that is what makes me the saddest throughout this entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk about? We that should. Scene? Yeah. We definitely should. Um. So because Kayla, um, tells her dad to leave, she gets a ride home with Olivia and one of the boys, Riley, and Olivia gets dropped off. And she says, like, don't you want to drop her off first? And Riley's like, well, you're right here. So, and from that moment, I like, like, oh, this this is not going to be good. (laughs) And so then Riley and Kayla are alone in the car. And then um, Riley basically tries to get her to make out with him. Mm -hmm. He, He pulls over randomly, gets into the back seat, and asks to play truth or dare. Mm -hmm. and that scene lasts for way longer than I wanted it to but I think obviously it was an artistic decision and very important to experience and he keeps pushing the direction of well say dare like say dare hurry up and say dare because this is how I'm going to get you to do what I want you to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he does this like awkward thing of like well I said dare well I don't have a dare for you uh, dare me to take off my shirt. Uh-huh. Why would I do that? I don't know. Okay, I dare you to take off your shirt. Okay, now I dare you to take off your shirt. Oh, no, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. But I took off my shirt. It's no problem. And, like, even reaches for, for her shirt as well. And that's when she finally puts a stop to it with um a scream. Yeah, she yells no, mm-hmm. which, thank God. Yeah, and then he drives her home. But while he's driving her home is guilting her. But I think what made it the worst is that he was so, so manipulative where I feel like Mm -hmm. she... I could feel her discomfort. And this is going back to the whole, like, difference between this age for girls and boys. Because at this age, you're kind of going through puberty. And that experience is so much different for girls and boys. When you're a girl and you're, like, 12 or 13 going through puberty, it's already a confusing time. But then you start to notice that older boys and sometimes even grown men... Uh, look at you very different I'm sure this is an experience a lot of girls now can remember and you don't understand it but you just know inherently it makes you uncomfortable and that is such like a terrible terrible feeling because it makes you feel guilty when you didn't do anything um, and I, I felt that for her and I was like this is horrible and I think what he actually tells her is he's like well you know t- ask me truth or dare and she says truth and he goes oh you're no fun yeah. and I was I wanted to get out of my seat and run out of that theater I was like this scumbag and while he's driving her home she's in the back seat he's in the front seat driving obviously but he keeps saying he's like this was supposed to be for you now you're just gonna have your first time like hooking up with a random guy at a party is that what you want and like just guilting her and she feels bad and i think she she's just so confused she doesn't understand what's going on and just gets very very upset and to the point where kayla says to Riley, please don't tell Olivia about this. When it should very obviously be the other way around of Riley Mm -hmm. begging Kayla not to tell Olivia about this. And it reminds me, like, I'll never truly be able to relate to this aspect of a girl's adolescence. I read through a, a Reddit thread that the premise was, name the first time that you felt... Um, objectified as Mm -hmm. like coming of age and there were like a million responses of like 13 12 9 8 11 10 and describing those stories and I was very upset one just guilty that I had no idea and two just the reality of the world that we live in and Mm -hmm. this this perspective of wow I I'm a bad person, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sucks. It's like, for boys, that time is more, like, exciting. For girls, it's kind of scary. Because there's so many things happening intrinsically that you don't get. But also, you're getting all this stuff from outside that's just making it more confusing for you and just very scary. And it's, yeah. And I can only imagine if her dad knew, like, how scary. I mean, he probably already had those kinds of thoughts with her going to high school and how scary that must be for him. Because he, I mean, it always, and this is a little frustrating when we hear about, like, certain things, like, in the news, the forms of sexual assault, and then people come out and say, like, what if it was your daughter? Mm -hmm. As if that's the only way a man could ever empathize with sexual assault is Mm -hmm. if they had a daughter. And it's a, it's an upsetting concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Kayla, uh, Alex, you mentioned she runs up to her room in a beautifully shot scene. It's Mm -hmm. completely silent. Um, And her dad, like, goes up and 
she pushes him away, but she's still comfortable with him, like, being there. So it's kind of her first step into being like, no, like, I'm confused and I don't want you here, but, like, don't go. Mm -hmm. I was, after this scene, I was angry for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, there were... There was like a little bit more of a hole that she went into and then it started getting optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I just could not shake that feeling from mm-hmm. that one scene. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, all of the people that I went with, like, all went out and like we got back in the car and talked about it. And I just couldn't talk about it yet. Like, I needed <laughs> to fully, like, get through that one scene before I could fully appreciate the optimism of the rest yeah. of the movie yeah during that scene Ramona and I were like literally on the edge of our seat like with our he- hands on our head and like yeah. it, luckily the theater like didn't have that many people but we kept being like no <laughs> I don't know no I uh and what was even more heartbreaking about it was just like I feel like everyone can like pinpoint a moment where like you like not that your innocence is gone but when you start viewing the world very differently and not a kid mm-hmm. way anymore and you know that that was it for her yeah. and that was so heartbreaking to me i think for me the most heartbreaking was her immediately starting to abandon the things that she mm-hmm. loves mm-hmm. because of like that experience yeah yes. and just like one moment saying oh i guess all of these things aren't for me then Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next scene leads in with another one of her vlogs, and it's her saying, like, I don't um, think I'm going to do these anymore. I just, you know, there's better people you guys can listen to. Yeah. So it's her abandoning her, the things that she loves, but also being like, I guess I'm just not good enough. Like, yeah. I'm never going to be that She feels guilty for what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's, just... Yeah, and that's also when she burns all of her mm-hmm. uh, memories from the time capsule. And is that also when we see what's in the flash drive? Yeah, so mm-hmm. she um, opens the SpongeBob flash drive and plays a video that she made in sixth grade and being like, hey, Kayla, it's me, Kayla. Um, you're graduating eighth grade. You must be so cool. Like, you must have a hundred friends. Do you have a boyfriend? Like, are you so excited? And mm-hmm. she realizes, like, oh, no, I let her down almost mm-hmm. and, like, decides to burn the time capsule in the video. Yeah. And so she asks her dad to help her burn the um, time capsule, Mm -hmm. and they have a really, really nice heart-to-heart because the dad's basically like, is this this a good burning? Is this okay? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, and Kayla's like, it's just my hopes and dreams. (laughs) And And dad's like, "Oh." oh. So Kayla has this amazingly upsetting moment of do I make you sad oh. dad mm. and I literally oh yeah <laughs> I was like oh my god and he was like why would you ever say that and she describes like exact like I the part I loved was that she actually got into why she thought that mm-hmm. and it wasn't just like a fleeting thought it's something that she's been struggling with for a long time of I just feel that if I had a daughter and she turned out like me, that I wouldn't be very happy with her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, it's like, I, I would still love her. Like, I know you love me, but like, if I made you sad, I'd get it. Yeah. And, oh. and the, the dad's reaction is so heartwarming because he gets like visibly upset that she even thinks that. Yeah. And like, you could tell that in his... Head, he's like, did I do something wrong that is making her feel that way? Because exactly. mm-hmm. he is such a good parent. Like, and I think the burning thing is a good testament to that because he lets her take the reins on a lot of things. And he's like, all right, I'm not going to try to even understand what she's going through because I can't. So I'm just going to let her kind of take the lead and see where she takes it. Like with the burning thing, he's like, is this good? Like, yeah. I'll do it because you want to, but is it good? Is it bad? Like, what are we doing here? It's not like a thing of her asking him to do it with her and he's like no like that's ridiculous why are we doing it he's like all right if this is what she needs i don't understand it but that's okay i'm gonna let her do it right yeah Mm -hmm. we get a little bit into the backstory of being a single parent and Mm -hmm. him recognizing like no matter how hard i try i can never be two parents Mm -hmm. which is what you need so like thank you for turning out the way you did because not only do you not make me sad but I wish I was you when I was that age. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, a, like, 
I couldn't create anything that you create and you do your vlogs and you do this and you're so creative mm -hmm. and you always put yourself out there even though I can tell that you have a hard time with it like you're trying mm -hmm. and you're making steps and oh I have this yeah. oh I can't I know <laughs> that's one thing I love about the dad and I'm sure this is like a parental thing but like he's so genuine yeah it's not like oh like I'm gonna tell my daughter her vlogs are cool because you know I have to because I'm her dad. He's genuinely like, that's so cool that mm -hmm. you have a YouTube channel yeah. and like make videos that other people mm -hmm. can see. Like, I wish I did that. Or like, yeah. I wish I was like you. Like, I feel like he goes to work and is like, look at this cool thing my daughter did. Yeah. Like, it's, she's so cool. Like, he's just like, he says to her, he's like, I feel so lucky and so proud to be your dad. And you can tell 100% that he means that, like, to mm -hmm. the core. Or like, he honestly, it's just like, he's... Like, oh, I'm so lucky to have such an awesome kid. Like, he feels like you're, like, so caring and kind. He's like, everyone tells me how much of a good job I did. He's like, but it's just you. That's just how you mm -hmm. are. Oh, that was a big part yeah. of it. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I did Dad, Dad was just like, honestly, you raised yourself. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was terrified, but you just started doing all these things. He's like, I never had to teach you to share. You just did it. I never had to teach you to, like, do what you needed to do or get good grades. You were just doing it. He's like, that's just how good of a person you are. God. Yeah. Uh, that was so uh, great. <laughs> I need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we can't do this scene justice. So if you yeah. haven't seen eighth grade, first off, you're crazy for listening to this podcast <laughs> before it. But um, just go watch the movie and watch uh, this scene specifically. Yeah. For me, like, I was still angry at what happened in the car and this is the beginning of the third act that gets really like optimistic mm -hmm. but like tentatively optimistic mm -hmm. and like I feel it but I'm still angry and like <laughs> they make me feel angry and sad and happy at once and I hate you Bo <laughs> <laughs> and part of that scene too made me I'm like I'm like thank god this girl has such a positive male figure in her life as a father because mm -hmm. like what happened to her with Riley could have easily been like oh, men are all horrible because that was her real first experience. And then she has her dad. She's like, well, I just need to find guys who are more like my dad. Like, genuinely caring and loving and just good all-around people. So I'm so glad that she has that. Yeah. And so then that scene leads into the 8th grade graduation ceremony. Um, and you see, like you said, like kind of tentatively optimistic. And again, a very well-structured scene. So Aiden, the boy that she um, liked, walks by. And she kind of has a look on her face like, you know what? I'm going for it. And walks behind him kind of like chasing him. But then stops because he, he wasn't what she was walking towards. She was walking towards Kennedy. And she has this monologue of like, Kennedy, you're really mean to me. And I'm nothing but nice to you. And I don't know why like you think that that's being what popular is like just being mean to people mm -hmm. another thing comment on i love that during that exchange she was not look she was not making eye contact with kenny she was yeah. looking at the ground but she was still very animated like moving her hands because it was you could see like it was so hard for her she's like i can't look at her while i'm doing it so i but i need to say it i need to get it out i yeah. think that was a really uh important kind of thing too and i loved that transition of like she said what she had to say, now I'm going to live my best life and do what I want to do, mm -hmm. and then transitions into a friend date with Gabe, yeah. where oh they, have, <laughs> they uh. have chicken nuggets, they have all of the sauces out, <laughs> he has this great exchange of having an archery certificate yeah. on the table, and Kayla not noticing it so Gabe having to be like oh oh what's this oh oh let me put this away and she's like oh wait no what is that you got second place at an archery like, it's stupid like, no I think it's really cool and it's like it's whatever no like you should be really proud oh, well I think it's stupid <laughs> it was a much more innocent version of Kayla being like oh my god Aiden that's so embarrassing what I don't want to say okay I, I opened a dirty picture on my phone <laughs> I also love their, like, Rick and Morty exchange. Yeah. Because it's still kind of awkward and, like, cringy, but it's so cute because it's so innocent. They found this one. They find out they both watch Rick and Morty, and you see them kind of go back and forth in, like, Rick and Morty vo voices, mm -hmm. and it's really, really funny. Yeah, and what I going back to Gabe and how, like, he, for whatever reason, um, kind of doesn't care what other people think, 
um, he just goes for it. Because mm-hmm. Kayla says, like, oh, you watch Rick and Morty too. So they clearly hadn't talked about it. <laughs> so Gabe's like, I'm just going to do a Rick impression. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he starts with, you know what sauce is missing? Szechuan sauce. Yeah. And, like, that's like, oh. well, like, she's like, you watch Rick and Morty too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, as I hinted before, we find out Gabe has watched, I think, all of Kayla's videos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, those videos are cool. Uh, you should make them again. And she's yeah. like, oh, no, I, I don't think so. And he's like... No, like, just do it. Like, they're really cool. Like, you have a lot to say, and, like, you're a really good, mm-hmm. like, you have a lot of good ideas. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, someone appreciates me. And there's this one moment that was so heartwarming where he was just, like, they were silent for a little bit, and he was just looking at her, and he goes, oh, you're so awesome. And it <laughs> yeah. was so cute. He also, Gabe also has the, like, am I doing all right? Like, is this, <laughs> yeah. is this how friends act? And Kayla's like, am I doing all right? Yeah. Is this how friends act? Like, they literally say those words. Yeah. He said the chicken nuggets on plates with forks, yeah. and the forks and knives are lightsabers. And he's like, did you like my forks? They're, uh, yeah. they're lightsabers. <laughs> and then it concludes on a very optimistic note of her creating a new time capsule mm-hmm. for her senior self and explaining in a very different perspective than when she made one in sixth grade of... I want these things for you, but also if you don't have, if you don't get to it, like, don't be disappointed. Like, mm-hmm. we all go at our own pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of her, like, realizing, like, because I think in eighth grade you kind of think, like, oh, my God, like, this is where I'm supposed to peak. But she realizes, like, because you kind of live in the now. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of looking forward and she's like, you know, I bet you have a lot of high school friends. And, you know, you'll probably not talk to them when you're in college. Or maybe you will. But if you don't, you'll make college friends. So, like, what's the big deal? Yeah, it was a big thing of, like, self-acceptance. Because she goes and she's like, you know, do you have a boyfriend? But if you don't, it's fine. That's cool. Uh, There's time for that. And she's like, hey, eighth grade kind of sucked for you, but I bet high school will get better. And if high school sucked too, that's fine. You'll do better in college. So it's a kind of thing where she stopped making ideals for herself. But I think that was good for her because she's, like, just accepting herself as her and not trying to compare herself to this ideal that she set for herself. Yeah, and I think she basically broke free from the dangers of social media, but continued to use the social media mm-hmm. as an outlet. Yeah. Which is what every teenager nowadays needs to learn to do. Social mm-hmm. media is not going to control your whole life. Mm-hmm. But you can still have it, and it's fun. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram, at <laughs> 2 Tune in next week, uh, where we talk about... To all the boys I loved before. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Great. That was the best outro. Yeah, we were down. <laughs> we nailed it. Tune in next time. <laughs>